With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometers of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool center, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA with uh, Peter Vlahos. Great to have your company. And we're here for the Kia's Epic Range, the Kia Sportage, Seltos and EV6. And also Toolmart, the complete tool centre. They've been serving WA for over 45 years. A bit of a jam-packed program tonight. Very shortly, we'll roll out the top seven stories of the week. Kia's Epic Range bring you the top seven biggest sports stories of the week as we do every Thursday. And then we'll speak to Christina Matthews, the CEO of the West Australian Cricket Association, because a big uh, sports story today with the retirement from international cricket of one Meg Lanning. Of course, Meg did spend a couple of seasons playing for the Perth Scorchers in the WBBL, and it was great to see her play here at the WACA ground. But today, she decided uh, her time as an international cricketer is up. She announced her retirement, and she bows out of the game 13 years after making her debut as a teenager, following one of the most decorated careers in the history of the game. So we'll speak to Christina and the impact that she's had, certainly on women's cricket and the sport of cricket uh, amongst women uh, a bit later in the program. As I said, Christina had a bit to do with uh, Meg, particularly when she came over to play with the Perth Scorchers. So that's coming up on the program shortly. We'll also uh, look at the JDH Hockey One League with a, uh, a star from the Perth Thundersticks. And also we'll focus on the Perth Glory tonight as well. We normally do that on a Thursday night. Bruce Kamau will join us as the Glory prepare tomorrow to fly to Sydney to take on the Western Sydney Wanderers. You can join us anytime on the Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. That number again, 0487 736 736. And for the good oil for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil, just repeating uh, Meg Lanning's uh, retirement from international cricket, certainly the, the biggest story to come out of today. Uh, the 31-year-old, by the way, retires, having lifted the most World Cups as captain in history and will go down as one of the great leaders Australian sport has seen in recent times. By the way, she won seven World Cups, three Belinda Clark medals, and scored 8,352 runs, including 17 centuries, in 241 international matches. Quite an incredible career. As I said, more about that a bit later on. The big story of the day, thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested, and first cold-pressed in Northern Victoria. Okay, Bryant, let's roll. The uh, Kia's Epic Range, the Kia Sportage, Seltos, and EV6 GT bring you the top seven biggest stories of the week. Number seven. It's, it's sort of hard to kind of analyse from a football perspective. Um, you kind of left with 
the result, which is obviously disappointing. And, you know, that's, you know, you don't like to lose, particularly here at home. You know, super proud of the players' efforts and will and desire and determination to get still get something out of the game. Um, and like I said, and then there's obviously the, you know, the fallout from it from, from our perspective personnel-wise, which, you know, I guess we'll, we'll deal with in the coming days. <clears throat> So Ange Postacoglu, the manager of Tottenham Hotspur, after going 10 games at the start of the EPL season without a loss, eight wins and two draws, they succumbed on Monday night at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to fellow London rivals Chelsea by four goals to one. It was a drama-filled encounter to the point where Tottenham lost two players. Two players were sent off. And for a great period in the second half, it was 11 against nine. Number six. Well, I think it certainly gave some leverage and some impetus um, to thinking about it. This is, um, outside the MCG, this is the biggest stadium in, in the country. Um, we want to see packed crowds here and we want to see everybody looking at this stadium and going, I want to be there. It looks great on television. All my friends in, in Melbourne and Sydney always call me when we've got games here, particularly for the Scorchers, talking about how, how good it feels. The AFL Grand Final here was unique. Uh, I don't think that'll be experienced anywhere else in the country. And we want Test Cricket to have that same feel here. In excess of 30, uh, I think it'd be a really good um, start to start building. Obviously, we're aiming for high as we can. Um, we've had, uh, other than last year, our other two tests had uh, just over 25,000 on, on day one. Um, but I think the... Um, the bringing together of the um, Test cricket with the people of Perth and uh, the great bucket hats we're going to have with the West Test on it will become collector's items. OK, there you go, Christina Matthews. We will talk more about that when Christina joins us shortly. But Test matches in Perth will now be known as the West Test. An Optus Stadium will feature a hill-like space as Cricket Australia attempts to win back the hearts of WA cricket fans. As we mentioned, uh, across five days, a total of just 42,000 fans attended the Optus Test between Australia and the West Indies last December, the first test in Perth since the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Number five. Second of it, kicked the ball in Bryce Cotton's hands. Or just dumped it. Alex Sarr with the jam. Nine-point lead to Perth. 106 remaining. The game is in the palm of the Perth Wildcats right now. Yes, uh, a great performance by the Perth Wildcats. They had a lot of acid on them going into the match against the Adelaide 36ers at home on Friday night. In a seesawing encounter, they won by 11 points against the 36ers. But the biggest test was getting on the big bird on Saturday and playing Melbourne United in Melbourne, one of the more fancy teams in the NBL on Sunday. And in a seesawing affair, it had to go to overtime and the Wildcats made it back-to-back wins. Number four. I haven't done anything wrong. Uh, I have two minutes to get to the crease and get myself ready, which I did. And then it was an equipment malfunction. And I don't know where the common sense went uh, because obviously it's obviously disgraceful from uh, Shakib and Bangladesh if they want to play cricket like that. Obviously stooped down to that level. I think there's something wrong um, drastically. So it was just pure common sense. I'm not talking about um, uh, mancading or obstructing the field here. This is just pure common sense and bringing the game into, you know, disrepute. 
So there you go. That's uh, Sri Lanka's veteran, Angelo, Angelo Matthews, who made unfortunate cricketing history, becoming the first player to be timed out at the international level. Now, Matthews was coming into bat with Sri Lanka at 135 for four against Bangladesh, but due to a helmet issue, was slow to take the crease. And in the end, the appeal came from the Bangladesh captain for a timeout. It went to the umpires. They deliberated. They went back to the Bangladesh captain and asked him if he wanted to go through with the appeal. He said yes. And in the laws of the game, Angelo Matthews was timed out and walked straight back to the pavilion. Number three. Firstly, I just wanted to to say how lucky and privileged I've been to represent Australia and play the game that I love um, for so long. I grew up wanting to represent Australia and I had fun playing cricket. I loved it and um, to be able to do it for 13 years um, has been an incredible opportunity for me and I'm very thankful for, for those opportunities. I'm sad that it's, it's finishing up but um, I'm very much ready for something, something new. It's been an incredible journey and I've loved every moment of playing for Australia and um, I'll miss it but it's it's time to to go and see what else is out there and um, experience that and I'm I'm looking forward to, to seeing how that pans out. Good on you Meg, uh, certainly you did it with uh, class today announcing your retirement from international cricket and I can personally say I love watching her play, in fact she was one of the players that I enjoyed watching uh, play for Australia. I liked her captaincy, and she was a very, very good batsman. And her and Elise Perry were just standouts for me when watching uh, the national team do their business. Number two. Into the straight of the Lexus Melbourne Cup, and here's Vauban on the outside of future history, and Bowen declare between them. Absurd is also chiming in. 400 metres to go. It's absurd moving up on the outside for Zach Burden. A length in front, but without a fight, is running on right down the centre of the track. Without a fight, up to Absurd. Bowen declare and Shiraz the Volta. It's without a fight. 100 metres to go. Two or three lengths in front, coming away from Shiraz and also Solgum. Yes, without a fight, uh, the third favourite taking out this year's Melbourne Cup and the big story was the West Australian jockey Mark Zara going back-to-back after riding Gold Trip last year. Number one. You know what's going to happen? He's 195, Maxwell. A six to bring up 200 and win the game. Everybody here's on their feet. Mind-blowing, it's even greater than that. Glenn Maxwell producing one of the most astonishing cricket World Cup innings, smashing 201 off 128 balls to lead Australia past Afghanistan with 19 deliveries to spare and into the semi-finals. At one stage, they were 7 for 91, where Australia they had to chase down the target of 292 and Glenn Maxwell's heroics of 201 saw Australia pass Afghanistan and to book a berth into the final four. So there you go. That's our top seven stories of the week. Uh, Glenn Maxwell, uh, certainly the biggest story of the week. Uh, History-making it was. All thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range.
We'll look at Meg Lanning's career. It's been a big week in cricket. Uh, Christina Matthews, the CEO of the Wacker, joins us next here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, great to have your company, Sports Day WA, with Peter Vlahos, all thanks to Kia's Epic Range, the Kia Sportage Seltos, an EV6 GT, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. And wherever you may be listening around the state of WA, thanks for jumping on board. Speaking of retirements, and we'll speak about a significant one that we alerted you to uh, a short time ago, another one in tennis actually coming through now, that John Millman has revealed that this summer's Australian Open will be the last of his career. The 34-year-old is set to go around for his final season of tennis next year uh, and has been forced into a premature retirement due to persistent injury. So he will bow out after the Australian Open. Well, it caught me by surprise to a certain degree. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, I love watching the likes of Meg Lanning uh, and her craft when it comes to cricket. Just technically so good and it appears such an inspirational leader for the Australian women's cricket team. And, of course, she does also uh, is captain of the Melbourne Stars. But she did spend a couple of seasons, actually, at the Perth Scorchers, for those people that can recall. And I just thought, let's get somebody that certainly knows her and can reflect on the impact that Meg Lanning has had on cricket and certainly women's cricket. And we've got uh, her on the program now, Christina Matthews, the CEO of the Wacker. Christina, thanks for your time. Thanks very much. Did the announcement surprise you as it did me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I woke up and um, saw the news on the radio and, and sort of went, did they just say Meg, Meg Lanning's retired? So, yeah, a bit of a surprise. Uh, I mean, I think that those of us in the game realised that it was going to have to be a decision sooner or later, given a tour was coming up and she hadn't played in the last two tours, the West Indian Tour and the Ashes. Um, and it couldn't just be an ongoing, let's just wait and see. So she's obviously made a decision to pull the pin and, and, and good on her. It's never an easy decision to make. And um, you could see today in their press conferences that um, she was quite emotional about it. Um, and uh, she'll sit and reflect now and, and um, you know, sort of get on with her life effectively. You played, of course, cricket uh, with distinction both uh, here uh, domestically and, of course, for Australia. How technically good was Meg Lanning as a player? Oh, she was outstanding. Um, uh, from the very start, there was a lot of comparisons between uh, her and Belinda Clark and um, how, how good she was and how, how much um, she reminded people of Belinda Clark. Um, from the word go, uh, you know, when she got in the team as an 18 or 19-year-old, whatever it was, um, she just looked so at ease at the crease. Um, and, uh, you know, I think when you have that as a young person, um, you're always going to be a great player. So um, she's done amazing things um, for Australia, um, captained an awful lot of um, winning World Cup teams um, and be part of a, a truly golden era. So um, she'll be missed. 
She won seven World Cups, three Belinda Clark medals, scored uh, 8,352 runs, including 17 centuries, in 241 international matches. That is a heck of a total of uh, international appearances, Meg Lanning, because she did start as a teenager, didn't, didn't she, representing this country? Yeah, and, she, and she's been able to uh, play her career, um, uh, fortunately, in an era where the pay for being a player evolved and she was able to lead the charge in that and, and has been able to make a career um, out of being a professional cricketer. And, and she certainly paid the sport back in spades um, and uh, been an absolute role model for so many people. It's interesting that you recorded her first one-day international century here at the Wacker Ground. She made 104 against yeah. England all those years ago in 2011. So uh, that yeah. was a special moment. And, of course, she did return to the Wacker for a couple of seasons to play with the Scorchers. Yeah, she, she did. Um, she actually had three years, but her first year she was recovering from a shoulder injury. And what, you, what was really interesting is, you know, a, a few of our men's players made it their business to go and watch her practice. Yeah, and uh, I remember Cam Bancroft sort of commenting to someone, gee, she can play. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, at the time there was probably no greater compliment to have the, the uh, men's team come and watch her play and, and really appreciate the skill level she had. I know she's gone through a bit uh, even away from the cricket field and maybe that's taken its toll a bit as well. And you mentioned she got a bit emotional. She had family members around her when she made the announcement this morning in Melbourne. Uh, you got to meet her a few times. What sort of individual was she? Well, she's, she's a very quiet and self-contained um, woman. Um, she doesn't seek the limelight. She just goes about her business. She's very professional. But the life of a a professional cricketer is very hard in the sense that you travel so much and um, uh, you're not home a lot. Um, trying to have a life outside of the game is very difficult. Um, and, uh, you know, I think she's probably missing some of the things that other people get, get to enjoy. Um, it, it's, it's almost ironic. As a sports person, people are envious of the life you have. And, uh, and in reverse, sports people are on, on, uh, often envious of the, um, the really normal lives people have because they don't get to have that. When you look at the Australian cricket team, not only has Australia lost a, an outstanding top-order batsman, but a great leader on the field. Uh, the captain of the national team has retired. We know that Lisa Healy certainly captained the Australian team in the absence of Meg when she was taking a break. But what about from a batting perspective and a leader on the ground? Uh, who will replace her, do you think? Well, there's a lot of great players in the team and there's some quite mature players now. Um, you know, I think they've probably missed her guidance. And, you know, unfortunately for the Australian team, um, they've lost Meg Lanning and only 18 months earlier, two years earlier, Rachel Haynes, have really been the, the leadership um, uh, a group for a number of years. So um, I think, you know, it's time for players like Talia McGrath to stand up and make the team their own. Um, people talk about Ash Gardner uh, as a potential um, captain. So they've just got to sort of um, readjust and, and find their feet. And, um, you know, they've got some challenges coming up. They're going to India next month. Um, we don't know yet if Alisa Healy will be touring because she had that 
terrible accident with her own dogs. Um, and uh, I noticed on television the other day she was feeling heavily bandaged. So um, they now can make some decisions for the future and decide what they're going to do in leadership as a long-term thing. Yeah, I believe uh, Meg was also a decent hockey player. Did uh, you know? Did you know anything about that? Yeah, look. Again, like Belinda Clark, they were both very good hockey players and probably could have played state hockey um, as well. But you find that, don't you? Uh, sportsmen and sportswomen usually have a skill in another sport as, as, as well as the one that they're most well known for. Mm. Um, I, I would not be surprised if she wasn't an exceptional golfer as well. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, just um, uh, just a fantastic individual and... Um, such a pro. I, I think that's important and so well-respected across the world um, for what she's achieved and how she presents herself. And, um, you know, her, most recently she, she won a Commonwealth Games gold. So there's not much else um, she can do in the game. The Olympics are probably a little far off for her in her mind. Um, uh, another four or five years. So, um, yeah, there's, there was not much left for her to do. Well, a great tribute, Christina. We thank you very much. Uh, and as we let you go, what's been the reaction a couple of days on from the West Test, which was announced? Yeah, we got a we got a, a really good response to that, and uh, it's really good to see um, Cricket Australia working with us and others in the state to really make this a, a marquee um, Test match. Um, it'll be an evolution, but to um, you know have a name attached to it. Um, Oh, sorry, I'm watching the Scorchers and Sophie Design just uh, Savine hit a six and she scored 100. Oh, so. did she? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you beauty. So you live from my couch. Uh, <laughs> the first Scorchers, uh, I think, one for 184 now and Sophie Devine just uh, made 100. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm just actually switch. Yes, yeah, 100. And, of course, Beth Mooney made 50 and Nat, uh, Nat's out there, 21 not out. Yes, not a bad top three, is it? No, no, not not bad at all. But uh, back to the West Test. It's really nice for Western Australians to have uh, a true identity around this test. And um, you know, the the, the um, what we do with this test um, going forward will form part of that, making it a, u- a unique event. Um, the Hill is part of that, and um, um, it, it's great to see some initiatives um, happening and making it a special time. Good stuff. Well, we've had a lot of big hitting this week uh, when it comes to ODI cricket. We've got uh, T20. Sophie Devine, the New Zealander, is smashing us. She's just made 100. Go back and watch the rest of the innings. And thanks for joining us, Christina. Terrific. Thanks very much. Good Bye-bye. on you. Christina Matthews joining us, uh, paying tribute to Meg Lanning and also giving us an update on the WBBL match with uh, WA. Travelling beautifully, just uh, 102, Sophie Devine. One for 184. They're taking on the Brisbane Heat. We'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment here on Sports Day WA. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yeah, it's great to have your company. I mentioned previously with Christina Matthews, uh, the CEO of the West Australian Cricket Association, when we were paying tribute to Meg Lanning, that if she didn't play cricket, she was an outstanding hockey player, really could have played hockey at the highest level. 
And this next uh, person we're about to speak to has played hockey at the highest level, has represented South Africa at international level, was born in the UK. But since around about 2018, she's decided to settle here in Perth, Western Australia. And we're talking about Lene Milan. And she joins us on the program now from the Perth Thundersticks. So, Lene, thanks for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's <laughs> lovely to have a chat to you as well. Uh, very well travelled, as you said, uh, as I said in the introduction. You've played international cricket. Now people are going to be surprised when I say uh, you are the sister of Darwin Milan, who plays with the England team and is currently in India as part of the England World Cup squad. That is very correct. That is my older brother. Um, I don't think we should talk about England cricket at the moment, but um, <laughs> at least, at least, at least he's scoring a couple of runs here and there, so that's that's pretty good. <laughs> Do you see much of him or talk to him much? Um, I talk to him often. We on our family groups, and um, he's recently just had another little boy, or him and his, my sister-in-law. So um, we get constant updates about the kids, but. No, we do chat very often and we stay in touch. It's quite hard to see one another because we both live on opposite ends of the of the world. But um, we're trying to get together over Christmas time, so hopefully we can see one another lovely. soon. But when he does play, when he does play in Australia, I see him quite often, which is quite lovely. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, you've played domestically in South Africa, England, and now here in Australia. What led you down here, and more importantly, to connect with the Perth Thundersticks, who are taking part, of course, in the JDH Hockey One League? Yeah, look, I am um, pretty fortunate to have been granted opportunities to play in a couple of different countries. Um, when I finished university, I thought, you know, I can work for the rest of my life, but I can't play hockey for the rest of my life. And I'm pretty grateful that I did grab the opportunity and end up here in Perth um, with Hale Hockey Club. So Hale Hockey Club here in Perth is the main reason why I am here. And because um, I'm local now, uh, I've been playing with the Thunder Six obviously used to be called the WA Diamond since about 2017. Um, and obviously just being in the state led me to it and um, just enjoying my hockey and still wanting to play high level. So it's great to be part of the Perth Thundersticks now. Well, Lene, you, you certainly are an outstanding player. Uh, the Perth Thundersticks, by the way, undefeated team in the JDH Hockey One women's competition so far this season. No doubt you're hoping to improve on the bronze medal result from last year. Oh, without a doubt. Um, we've had a great start to the season and the girls are looking strong and very committed and we're just playing some great team hockey, which is the most important thing when it does come to hockey. And yes, that's definitely our goal. Our goal is obviously always to, to win the tournament, but um, at the end of the day, you have to take it game by game and you know, you never know what happens on the day. You have to arrive and you have to play and you just need to be your best because anything can happen on the day. So still got two more round games to go and then into finals. So a long way to get there, but that is certainly the goal for us this year. I've been told you've got a pretty strict routine uh, that you follow before each game. Just in brief, can you take us through that? Yes, um, <laughs> it's actually quite funny. It's probably a bit, a bit superstitious, but... Yeah, I eat a banana and uh, 60 minutes before my game. And if you ask a lot of my teammates, many of them actually um, very much dislike how ripe my banana is. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I just 
Yes, I've just got the superstition as to be a ripe-ish banana. And then um, I always put my left shoe and shin pad on first. And I also um, do a silly thing, just uh, 50 taps side to side, um, drags, and then 50 taps on my stick and around the world. And if I haven't done that, then my head's not in the game. So just a couple of things, not too many, right? Uh, Good stuff, good stuff. What about the encounter this weekend? As you mentioned, two regular games to go before the finals. Uh, What's your general feeling inside the Perth Thundersticks camp? Yeah, look, this weekend we've got New South Wales and they're a very strong team. They won it last year. Um, But the group is feeling really positive and strong and... um, yeah, I just think it's a challenge. It's always nice to play against strong competition. And we lost against them in the semi-final last year. So I think the girls that did play last year and playing this year will be wanting to um, have a rematch and obviously play really well. So I think the feeling's good. We're feeling positive. We're feeling um, we're feeling really united. So I think I think we should be good. But as the same that I said previously. It's all, just all about what happens on the day. We just need to follow the instructions from our coaches and our game plan, and hopefully we'll be all good. Three o'clock on Sunday, the Perth Thundersticks are in action. Undefeated our women's team. Lonay, thanks for joining us on the program. We wish you the best of luck, and uh, you're a real character. And uh, I think we should have a chat again soon, uh, maybe around finals time to find out more about what makes you tick. But thanks for joining us on the show today. That'll be great. Thank you so much for having me. Lene Milan joining us from the Perth Thundersticks, one of their star performers. By the way, the JDH Hockey One League uh, tickets are available at hockeyone.com.au and you can catch every match live and free on 7 Plus as well. Taking on New South Wales, 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon at the uh, Curtin University Hockey Stadium there, which is a tremendous place to watch hockey as well. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to focus in on the Perth Glory. They travel to Sydney tomorrow. They take on the Western Sydney Wanderers in a big game on Saturday night. They recorded their first victory last weekend at home by two goals to nil. And uh, is that going to be the start of what promises to be a good run for the Perth Glory as they search for maybe uh, a bit of finals football this season? We'll speak to one of their new stars Next, here on Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day WA. And here's a quick community update thanks to Fire Code. Be alert and be prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the Department of Fire and Emergency Services. Visit DFES, D-F-E-S, This community update is thanks to new Fire Code, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions, and it's available at Bunnings Warehouse. Before we speak to Bruce Kamau from the Perth Glory, one of the new signings this season, let's just update sport. Thanks to Irrigear. Irrigear is here to save time and water. And as we know, the Australian cricketers are now looking ahead to the World Cup semi-finals that will be played next Wednesday and Thursday. They're due to take on South Africa. And Andrew McDonald, the coach of the Australian cricketers, had to say this today ahead of that semi-final. Yeah, there's no doubt there is that we need to improve upon. Um, we had a slow start and we feel as though we've made some some really good improvements in certain areas. Um, and, and there's others that we'd like to be a little bit 
sharper in, um, and and that's what it's going to come down to on the day is the ability to execute under you know under that extreme pressure in that in that moment. So we feel as though the group's trending in the right direction um, on the back of a slow start. We've got Bangladesh up next before we look ahead to the semi-final. So we'll make sure that we pick the right team there based upon the conditions and the opponent, um, and, and also factoring in the fact that you know clearly on the back of the the game in Mumbai. Um, you know, we've got to make sure that everyone's recovered well with that short turnaround. So we've got some decisions to make in the next 24 hours to work through that. And as I said, after Bangladesh, we can get excited about, the, you know, the prospect of a semi-final that, that would give us, you know, a, a path into a, in, into a final in a World Cup, which would be something incredible. But um, we've got a bit to go yet. Yeah, they've bounced back. Uh, and everybody's still talking about Glenn Maxwell's magnificent double century, regarded as the greatest uh, ODI innings of all time. One player that was missing from that match was Steve Smith and Andrew McDonald's asked how he is coping after his bout with vertigo. Yeah, unfortunately, um, he wasn't able to take part in the game. Um, my understanding, I don't have a great understanding of what it, what it all means, but from a medical point of view that he's trending in the right direction for the next game. And I think, unfortunately, it hit him just at the wrong time. And we weren't able to get on top of those uh, symptoms um, to be able to go and play the game. So uh, it was a late call last minute. Um, but, yeah, it's all looking good for, for him to train tomorrow and then be, be available for selection going into Bangladesh, which is a real positive for us. Yes, the World Cup update there. That's Andrew McDonald, the coach of the Australian cricket team, Bangladesh, and then the World Cup semi-final. All thanks to Ira Gear because Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water Irrigear is here. And don't forget, you can join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. Just check all the details online at the Perth Wildcats website. Of course, the Wildcats take on the New Zealand Breakers uh, tomorrow night at RAC Arena. Let's move to the Perth glory now. And tomorrow the team flies out for what is going to be a pretty stern test against the Western Sydney Wanderers Saturday night in Sydney. As we know, the Perth glory uh, got their first victory of the season against the reigning champions, the Central Coast Mariners, a 2-0 win at HBF Park uh, last weekend. An impressive performance. And in the end, they've got one win, one draw and one loss from their opening three games. One of their off-season signings was Bruce Kamal. And he joins us now on the program. Bruce, thanks for your time. No problem, no problem. Glad to be here. Always good to get your first win of the season, isn't it? It's probably a bit of a relief. Yeah, it is. Um, it's, it's a good feeling. Um, turning up to training the next day, you're a bit less sore and a bit more excited. So it's good to get that first one and um, now just to build on and continue from there. With a bit of luck, uh, I gather you could have picked up a win uh, before that against Newcastle, a late equaliser for the Jets, made it 2-2. And you're a bit unlucky not to get uh, something out of the game against the Wellington Phoenix as well. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, um, those two games, we probably could have come away with a bit more. Um, so I guess um, the last game against Mariners, it was good to be able to see that out. And um, and that just shows that, you know, if we improve on a few little things, um, the season can really can really go well for us, I think, this year. Bruce, always like when we have a chat is to find out more about maybe new players that have come to the glory. And if we can maybe educate our listeners here on Sports Day WA about your life. I know you were born in Nairobi in Kenya, but came out as a very young boy. I think you may have been four years of age. Tell us about the path that your family took when they arrived from Africa. You said I was born in Kenya and then um, migrated here with my family 
1999, so I was about four years old. And um, we moved to Adelaide, actually. Um, I grew up in Adelaide, so I spent probably um, up until I was about 18 there. And then I moved around um, to a few different clubs and played in Melbourne, Sydney, and then also played overseas in Greece just recently. And um, I've returned back now to Australia, and now I'm at the Glory. It's interesting that you played uh, with Offie Crete in Greece. You had a three-year deal, and then you were loaned out, I think, to Melbourne Victory, and then you ended up here at the Perth Glory. Tell us about that fleeting experience overseas. Yeah, it was nice. Um, I spent about 18 months overseas in Greece. Um, good experience um, getting to play football in, over in Europe and um, learning a bit of a different culture and different way of life. Um, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Um, it was it was a good life experience, good footballing experience. Um, and then, like you said, um, came back at the end of last season to victory for a little bit and, um, and then um, found my way to glory now. Did you pick up any Greek words? Uh, Ligo. Legal, very good. That's that means little. That means little. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I'm losing it now, though, that I haven't been there for a bit. But um, yeah, I still still know a little bit of Greek. All right. What about the Perth Glory? You've ended up here. I know you were interviewed by reportedly the new coach Alan Stadich. What made you make the decision of coming to the west coast of Australia and playing for the Perth Glory? Um, I spoke I spoke with the club and, and the coach, like you said, and um, from, from coming back from overseas and, and looking to find the place that was right for me, um, speaking with the coach and what he wanted to build, and also speaking with other players that have worked under him, um, it just seemed like the right fit. Um, and Perth is also, it's, it's a nice city where it's calm, it's it's nice lifestyle. Um, similar to Adelaide, where I grew up, so that was also kind of um, part of the decision-making process. But really, yeah, speaking with the coach and his ambitions um, and how they aligned with myself. Saying that, before you went to play uh, in Greece, you spent a few seasons, maybe I think about three seasons possibly, in Sydney with the Western Sydney Wanderers, who are the Glory's opposition this weekend. I think you notched up about 64 league games there. Tell us about your time at the Wanderers and what you're up against this weekend. Yeah, it's been um, three years, like you said there. Um, I enjoyed my time there. Um, Prior to to going overseas to Greece, um, the club has um, a nice culture out in the west of of Sydney and... um, they got a good fan base, um, and uh, last season and I think this season they've they've kind of started off quite quite well. So um, they're a good side. Um, we we know what they can do and the players that they have, but um, we're going there with, with confidence in ourselves and in what we can do, and um, looking to come away with three points. Um, after Saturday. The Western Sydney Wanderers sit in uh, fifth position at the moment. From their three games, they've picked up five points. The Glory, four points from their three games. So, even though it's early days, not a lot separates the two sides after the first three rounds of the A-League season. Do you feel week by week the Perth Glory, because there's a lot of new players, a new coach, new coaching staff, that it may still take another two or three weeks for the side to actually gel and become a bit more fluid? I think, um, like you said, it is a lot of new moving parts. Um, 
But each week, um, we're working hard on on the training pitch, and and there's a lot of chemistry already um, in the on the pitch and in the change room and amongst the club um, with all the new players. But I think, um, like you said, it's only going to get better and better each week as um, we get used to each other as, as players, as coaches, as as people in the club. So I think. Um, as the weeks go on, you, you'll start to see that it's a bit more fluid and a bit more fluent um, just because of that, I guess, um, those growing pains and learning process. Do you reckon it could be a, uh, an exciting season for the Perth Glory fans and everybody involved with the club? As we know, the new owners, I think, have taken over in the last day or so. It's a real changing of the guard at Perth Glory. Uh, you've been around quite a bit now, even though you're a young man in your mid-20s, but do you sense that there could be uh, an exciting season ahead for all concerned? I, I definitely think so. I think um, we might surprise a few people um, with with um, how we get on this year. Um, around the club and, and within the team and stuff, um, it's very positive and, and everyone's excited about this season, so I can't wait to, to show that for the fans and... and show how that translates um, on the pitch. You're probably known as an attacking winger. Uh, has your play or style changed at all under Alan? Um, oh, really, I wouldn't say so much. Um, he plays a, a system, I guess, with um, where the wingers or the number 10s are a bit more inside. Um, but that's something that um, I've done before also at Western Sydney um, and other clubs overseas as well. So I wouldn't say that my style has changed. Um, I'm just just fitting into the the structure and getting used to the way that the coach wants to play um, is really been the main thing. Mm. And finally, before we let you go, from a personal point of view, are you living with a a, a teammate, or you've got your own uh, connection over here in Perth, or are you basically solo? Um, I'm living by myself actually, um, but I've I knew some friends. Um, who who um who were from Perth. So luckily I had a, a bit of a base over here with some, some good friends of mine um that uh that are here to check in on me I guess. Very nice. Very nice to hear. Bruce, thanks for joining us. Uh yeah, a nice package for the Perth glory. I think you can deliver some really exciting uh, periods of play during the course of the season. Good luck as you head back to the Western Sydney Wanderers, as you mentioned, uh, a team you spent three seasons with. And let's hope uh, you take all points and come back to Perth for your next home game and at the same time leapfrog the Wanderers on the A-League ladder. Thanks for your time on the program today. No problem. Thank you very much. Bruce Kamal joining us from the Perth Glory here on Sports Day WA. We're here for Kia's Epic Range, the Kia Sportage, Celtos and EV6 GT and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. Just before I go, don't forget that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in store. At Beaumont's before November 12, you've got three days. It's the 10th tomorrow. And you're, then you'll be in with a chance to win TNCs to apply. All right, that's a program for this week. In fact, I'll be back again on Monday from 5 o'clock for Sports Day WA. Thanks to Jimmy, thanks to Brian, and thanks to you for listening in during the course of the week. Of course, predominantly... Uh, being Melbourne Cup Week. Everybody got excited on Tuesday and uh, it was certainly a special event. Uh, and congratulations to Meg Lanning 
on a fantastic international cricket career. Of course, Meg announcing her retirement from international cricket, but will continue playing domestically, which is great to see. Enjoy the weekend. Catch you Monday here on Sports Day WA.